This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown. One podcast at a time. Support for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Oh, oh, God. Oh, Josh, 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 don't come in here. Don't What's come in here. On? What's going on? It's a bloodbath in here. Oh, God, there has got to be a better way to get my dagger clean and shiny more safely than this, Josh. This is what I used to deal with when I cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. And guess what? Didn't have my Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 today. And so, boy, let me tell you, tomorrow, I'm going to be thanking Manscaped for keeping my dagger slick and ready for whenever the night takes me. My dagger's going to be smooth as a dagger can be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, Josh. So join the movement by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FEARSCAPE. You know, that trimmer... Well, as we talked about before, safe for the shower. I, I'm just telling you, don't use your old one. And let me tell you, boys, it's time to end the days of shaving your stuff and ended up looking like a horror movie, okay? The folks at Manscaped have the perfect package for your package to get this done. Again, leaving you smooth as a dagger. So to get your 20% off and free shipping with code FEARSCAPE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Use code FEARSCAPE. Slay your worst pubes and keep your dagger clean with Manscaped. Smooth as daggers. Thank you for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe. We invite you to join us on this journey into the unknown. And gentlemen, to another fantastic and royalty-filled episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Josh Rutledge, who happens to be uh, probably best friends with the greatest host of all time, me. Oh, is it you? I thought it was the Jersey Devil. Well, I think I, I do like you, Josh, but I wouldn't call you a best friend. Oh, well, dang. I mean, he just called you out, dude. Here's the thing, though. You don't have to be best friends with me for me to be best friends with you. Mm. 
I, I like the way you think. I am best friends with a lot of people then. Like nine, <laughs> all of our blanket huggers, you guys are all my yeah, best friends. Best friend. I love you. You do not have to best friend me back. That's fine. That's fine. Cause it's like you friend request someone on Facebook and you're like, we're friends now, even though they've never accepted the friend right. request. Right. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what that logic is. Yep. Um, but speaking of weird logic and craziness, um, we have a great show tonight. I am so excited. And we, we uh, teased this a while back, but we are uh, getting Nathan Isaac back and we are getting Kyle Cadell back as well as getting Darian West for the first time. The guys behind Penny Royal and uh, what a great podcast. And of course, you know, Kyle, the, the International Paranormal Museum and Research Center. We are so excited. We get all three of them. One fell swoop. We're going to be talking about the upcoming season two of Penny Royal. We have been just waiting for this everyone has been waiting for this it's coming out january 11th uh and so we get we get some teases of what's going to happen it's going to be nice waiting on pins and needles penny royals and needles like that's, that's what we're waiting <laughs> on but yeah what a fantastic conversation uh you guys are going to really enjoy uh getting spooky with these guys uh for sure um of course before we get to that let's get to our segments and of course our very first segment of the week uh will be here in a second but it's sponsored by as usual our patreon just kidding it's not sponsored by patreon but just a reminder to check out our patreon okay all you blanket huggers out there is a way to support us and uh, help us do the things that we do patreon.com slash fearscape pod uh or fearscape podcast.com slash support uh you can find some interesting stuff of course all the stuff uh we've got new emails of course all the time coming in from the man claiming to be terry wrist um and some really crazy stuff a couple weeks back uh you guys got to hear some of what we've had i i think maybe we hit half uh publicly about half of the emails maybe yep Maybe. So, I mean, there's way more that still a lot of that's available on Patreon to kind of dig into the mystery of that. Join others, kind of see what you think and uh, get your opinions on all that. Plus videos of, of all of us talking about stuff and just fun stuff, guys. It's fun. Anyways, like I said, <laughs> this first segment is not sponsored by it, but it is today. I'm saying it is sponsored by our, our blanket hugger Patreon. Uh, it's yeah. Psychic Word of the Week. So let's get on to Psychic Word of the Week. And now, the psychic word of the week. All right, so psychic word of the week. I flipped my page to 403, 403. And the word that I saw that grabbed my eyes was mind drift okay and i do want to remind you because i actually forgot because i'm just so excited about nathan and those guys coming uh that our psychic word of the week always comes from the encyclopedic psychic dictionary which comes from junji bletzer phd uh, rest in peace honey bear we love you um but yeah so mind drift is the word this week josh and uh here's what mind drift means uh, it says a break in one's concentration when one is giving full attention to his or her meditation focal point biofeedback training instructions or to the target of the psychic skill ruins one's goal or lessens the degree of success for that time happens less frequently as one masters control over their mind activity 
thoughts and problems of the day, past experiences, guilt, and visions can surface when one is in an alpha state of consciousness. What is in the mind drift may or may not prove helpful uh, in psychoanalysis. If the mind constantly drifts, one can take a five-minute mind drift break and let it all float through without giving the thoughts any energy or consideration. The mind is then ready to behave and recenter its attention on the project. So basically, uh, mind drift just means you got distracted. Yeah. (laughs) Which is what I would imagine mind drift to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, we deal with it, uh, especially when you when you're learning just simple meditation for the first time. I mean, you know, you're always taught, hey, focus on your breathing going in and out of your nose. That's the best way to kind of easily go into a meditative state and to meditate. But it says your mind, you're going to drift. Your thoughts are going to go. They're going to go away. It's okay. Just bring your concentration back to your breath, right? Mm. And so now we know that that's a term called mind drift when it when it does, when you're trying to meditate or you're trying to focus or you're uh, trying to use psychic abilities or even maybe telekinesis or things like that, that if you, um, you know, if you have an ADHD brain like me, you live distracted. And so, um, you know, I, I think I, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and just say I no longer have ADHD, Josh. I have mind drift. Mind drift. Yep. <laughs> I have mind drift. It is also my superhero name. <laughs> I am mind drift. I who are you again? <laughs> so uh, very, your very psychic, interesting. Your sidekick is a squirrel. Is a <laughs> 100 percent it's not even like the same squirrel he's it's, it's just different squirrel, a squirrel. It's just like like he just pans down and there's a squirrel there right um but that's one thing i love about this dictionary here is is that you know we find that there are terms for things we didn't know had official kind of terms to them so um very very cool i'm sure santosh is like oh duh, i've mentioned mind drift like 400 times and i'm like i'm sorry dude my mind drifted <laughs> I see what you. I see what you did there. All right, so Josh, that's that's what we have there. Um, but anywho, uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is Cryptid of the Week. Hi, y'all. It's the Jersey Devil. Hope y'all are ready to meet some of my friends. Cryptid of the Week. All right, Cryptid of the Week. Thank you, Jersey Devil. We are going to be talking about one of your friends. No, he's not necessarily a friend, okay? He's actually family. Okay. Uh, So, yeah. So, Josh, this week, uh, the Jersey Devil pointed me towards a cryptid called the Lone Pine Mountain Devil. See, we have the last name that's the same. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I, so, ne- I never thought about devil being the last name. Well, it's mine. I did it ancestry DNA. That's how we found each other. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I would have just looked up devil in, in on Google and, you know, see who you could find. Um, but the Lone Pine Mountain Devil. Uh, so the what this says here, and I, I pull this from cryptids.fandom.com. It's a, uh, it's a cryptid wiki that I love. Uh, but this says here that some early predatory birds and feathered dinosaurs had multiple wings on both their arms and legs. These creatures were known as Microraptoria or Microraptors. One of the largest of these multiple winged creatures was known as Sinornithor- 
Oh boy, that one's. Let me do it. Sinornithosaurus. Thank you. You sounded about as good as I would have done it. Yeah, right. Um, it says, which was suspected to be venomous by certain grooves running down the outer surface towards the rear of the tooth. Um, American folklore also speaks of these multiple winged creatures with fangs and talons. Uh, now, the lone Pine Mountain Devil itself is considered one of these winged carnivores of North American folklore, and some believe it to be the West Coast relative of the Jersey Devil. I told you. I know you did. Uh, one early account by a priest described them as winged demons sent from the depths of hell. Uh, also referred to as the California mountain devil, the animal is said to be a bat-like legendary creature or cryptid believed to inhabit the wilderness and mountainous regions of the American Southwest and Northwest Mexico. Uh, the Lone Pine Mountain Devil is usually described as large, furry, multi-winged creature with razor-like talons and multiple layers of deadly fangs, and they are venomous. Uh, the scientific community considers the Lone Pine Mountain Devil to be a combination of folklore uh, and misidentification rather than a real creature. It is not misidentification. I have a picture from the family reunion. Okay. Um, I'd love to see that, by the way. Uh, since 1928, there have not been any significant or credible sightings, so they say, of the Lone Pine Mountain Devil, and there are no existing images of the creature caught on film. Uh, some believe that the name is a combination of one of its alleged habitats in the Sierra Nevada mountain range outside of Lone Pine, California, uh, as well as the brutal viciousness of its attack. The creature is believed to slaughter its prey by attacking the torso and head of the victim, most wild animal attacks stem from the need to eat the meat of the prey, whereas the mountain devils are said to indulge only on the soft cartilage areas of the face and torso. Gross. Uh, while leaving the remaining meat to rot for other animals uh, to to eat that there. Um, so, yeah, so there's been sightings since the mid 19th century and even into the early 20th century, especially in Southern California, uh, Los Angeles, San Diego, um, as well as Arizona, Nevada, uh, things like that. Um, however, there's one little last piece I wanted to get into here um, is after years of decline, the new millennium in the 2000s has seen a sudden jump in mountain devil sightings. That's why I said allegedly up above. California cryptologists, crypto, yeah, cryptologists have stated that they have recorded an exponential rise between 2003 and 2020. Local authorities are currently investigating the disappearance of a group of local high school students missing in the Death Valley region since March 2010. Wow. Yeah, you're awfully quiet now, aren't you, JD? Interesting. I mean, to me, it basically looks like, um, what was that movie? It was like um, 10,000 BC or or something along those lines. And that guy fought like the feathered velociraptor. Yeah. Like that's basically what some of these pictures look like. Um, there's even an old picture that was done by a Native American that's kind of done in that um, Northwest kind of style. So I don't know how legit that is, um, but yeah, supposedly has multiple wings and, and some things like that. Uh, it, it looks crazy, man. And of course, there's that priest, you know, that I that we had mentioned earlier, Father Justice Martinez, um, yep. who is like the first person to kind of talk about this. Uh, was it <laughs> was it you that was telling me that um, you read something or something that that people 
who talk about the Jersey Devil and like this and other things that they're really probably seeing skinwalkers and yeah, different yeah. regionally they're regionally calling it different things yeah so uh i'm listening to a true crime podcast called the devil within uh it's really good it's messed up it's about a, a murder that happened in the 80s um a, a son murdered his dad and or, or murdered his mother and uh, i think sibling i can't remember uh and then cut his own fucking throat in the woods wow um well it gets deeper and deeper because this is during the satanic panic and all of that stuff and there was satanic stuff that he had out there he was into heavy metal and and dark magic and all of this crazy stuff well it gets even deeper because this happens in new jersey and there's this really haunted mansion that's there um i can't remember the name of it offhand but that guy that had built that mansion was always thought to have been um, a satanic guy, but he was actually, he came from Europe, so he kind of practiced old Celtic pagan ways um, and stuff like that, and uh, this kid was heading there. That was part of it. This is also one of the areas where the Jersey Devil came up, so they were talking about that, and Native American lore um, talks, of course, about skinwalkers, and they correlated, they were talking about that there is a lot of Native American groups that believe that the Chupacabra and the Jersey Devil are both skinwalkers um, just seen through different eyes and different cultures. Um, and, you know, of course, skinwalkers can change what they look like. But they said, right. you know, these are not werewolves. These aren't things like this because they said the interesting thing about the Jersey Devil is that um, the description has not changed. It, it, it has. Yeah. And even some of the ancient descriptions and things like that, they talk about that it, that it has not changed. Now, I don't know if I'm a skinwalker. I mean, I would be more of a Walker, Texas Ranger. I don't know. You make my skin crawl. Does that count? Well, yeah, it's creepy crawly, man. You, you, I'm getting creepy and crawly. I'm going to get inside your skin, Josh. <laughs> I'm going to get up well, inside your skin and yell, hey, hey, well, I'm in Josh's skin. Yeah, I need to put the lotion on the skin, right? <laughs> so, but yeah, very interesting. It was like uh, in the middle of this entire um you know, it's like seven or eight episodes or whatever. It's like maybe three or f- the third or fourth episode where they do. They they uh, talk about the Jersey Devil. And in fact, they talked about some things that we didn't even talk about in our episode, which I found really, really interesting. Because, I mean, they did a deep dive uh, into some legends there about the lead, you know, really digging into the Leeds family and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, very very cool but yeah so uh so we've got the 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 lone pine mountain devil which is jersey devil here it's his cousin um out in my neck of the woods so uh you know um you know maybe we can ask jd to help us uh, find his cousin's house when you move out here yeah well aren't you going camping in a couple weeks or something i am yeah i'm gonna be up in the magolan rim which is interesting because that's where the magolan monster is which is a sasquatch so um i'm gonna be looking for the magolan monster while i'm up there but yeah i may (laughs) look for the lone pine mountain devil even though that seems like that's a little more out towards southern california but still yeah um but yeah so that's our cryptid of the week the lone pine mountain devil so let's go ahead and move on to our final segment which is uap ufo sighting of the week all right josh uap ufo sighting of the week what do we got where's it from what's it done who got spooked out yep so uh this happened on september 26th in lake Ponta Char- Chartrain. God bless Louisiana. you. Oh, Pon- oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah pon- oh man now now that you've said it wrong i can't think of how to pronounce it it's like <laughs> pontchartrain or um oh lord whatever sorry Pontchartrain. Poncha- yeah pontchartrain Paunch trying, anyways. That's the best I can do. Um, so, anyways, uh, it's actually of a black triangle, and uh, here we go. I was driving across the Causeway Bridge at about seven p.m. Uh, the bridge is about twenty-five miles long, coming from the North Shore, Manville area, and headed south toward Norlands. I was about almost to the end from my right, which was the west. A large black triangle seemed to slowly hover or glide in a straight line in from in front of my vehicle. It had two white lights and one red. The red was in the middle, and the white lights were on the corners. The red was. I was with two others who saw it first. As I was driving, it was focused on the road. It slowly spun around. It made no sound and looked as if it were the size of a baseball field. It was thick, and it had lines on the bottom like vents. I could only see it for a moment as it passed us when the lights would pulse. It was not flat at all. It almost looked like it could have been open, like it had a floor and roof the same size triangles on the corners that were held together by columns but then it passed i looked to the left the east and i could see more geometric shapes on one side of it it was super low it glided effortlessly spun slowly and traveled over a bridge where many people were driving over a lake it was super low Ooh, man, that was a little more detailed than I thought it was going to be. Um, if you if you listen to uh, uh, Mr. Greer, Dr. Greer, mm-hmm. uh, he would say because you saw all of this detail that it's man-made, it's human-made. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's his thing is that, you know, we basically humans have all the same craft that actually ETs have. ETs are smooth and have no, you know, seams or bulkheads right. and all that kind of stuff and anything that has that is a man-made craft so dr greer would have, would say this is an example of the man-made craft so yeah i don't know i don't know it's fascinating though um yeah. uh thank you for sharing that man what a crazy <laughs> that, i mean it sounded like it was, it was good and low and i don't know i don't i don't know I don't know. It seems to me like something complex like that would be more alien than it would be, especially all the geometric shapes and and the math that would go into that. Like, just seems. I don't know. Look at the, uh, you know, downtown Louisville. It's got that building with that geometric dome on top. I mean, somebody had to do all the math to make that happen. That's true. That's true. And we do have supercomputers now that can do the math for us and 3D printers that that can plug it in. So, Um, yeah interesting uh, but yeah josh thank you for sharing that uap sighting of the week um so i don't know about you sir but i am ready to get to the boys uh, to at go. penny royal podcast so uh we will be right back with the penny royal boys
Hey there, blanket huggers. Stefan here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Got some good news for you. If you want to join in on the investigation of the mystery of the recent emails from the man claiming to be Terry Rist to Josh and myself, aka the Spooky Crew, uh, and his advice on where to look for more high strangeness, uh, or if you simply want to become a patron blanket hugger for some cool swag and behind the scenes goodness, Go ahead and join our Patreon at fearscapepodcast.com slash support or patreon.com slash fearscapepod. There you can get Risk Watch access to the Terry emails themselves, the WhatsApp conversation about it all with Josh, Stefan, Santosh, and Olaf Phillips, and even any clues that are new that we have found in other Fearscape-related bonus content. You can even help out and add anything that you have found to help us dive deeper into the mystery. And remember, you can also just be a normal blanket hugger, as there are a few non-wristwatch tiers for patrons not interested in Terry Wrist and that journey. You'll still have access to bonus interviews, articles, and live Patreon-only Q&As, as well as early access and discounted tickets to events put on by Fearscapes, such as psychic events, tarot readings, etc. Or you can simply support however you feel comfortable, with tiers as low as $1. So join today! Hi! Do you enjoy diving into true crime? And tales of the paranormal? Then join us. I'm Anna. And I'm Lindsay. On our podcast, Ghosts in the Attic, Bodies in the Basement. A Fearscape Media Network podcast. New episodes air every other Friday on wherever you listen to your podcasts. And thank you guys for sticking around. As promised, we have the Trio Sandwich from Penny Royal, uh, we've got Nathan Isaac, Kyle Cadell, and Darian West. Thank you guys so much for uh, coming back. At least Nathan and Kyle, thank you guys for coming back. And Darian, what a pleasure to meet you. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on Fearscape. Yeah, thanks so much for having us on, man. Yeah, dude. It's great to be back. It's great to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, dude. We are so hype. Um, you know, we recently just went down to Somerset for our paranormal uh, trip of the year that we do annually every year. We went down to Somerset. We had us a blast. And uh, so, you know, of course, that we're always thinking about you guys. Got to see Kyle give him a big old smooch on the face, give him COVID. It was fantastic. <laughs> and uh, no, <laughs> and we no. had a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, man, Kyle, we, we talked about this the whole time. It's like the whole time we were staying because we were out near Kino, the whole time we're like, how Sasquatch is going to get us. He's it's gonna <laughs> get That's all we could think about the whole time. Yeah, man, it's either Sasquatch out there, <laughs> you know, some meth head or something. <laughs> or the or a methed out Sasquatch. Or meth Sasquatch. Yeah. 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 Worse. <laughs> well, so so I've been dying to hear if you guys like had any encounters, have you know like what happened while you guys were down here anything. So was we, it boring? We, no, I mean <laughs> it wasn't boring. I mean, we didn't I think we heard like a couple of knocks one night uh, out around the fire. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're definitely hearing some things off in the distance. Uh, we kept kind of seeing like a shadow figure uh, out again around the fire. 
uh, like just kind of like be off the corner of your eye and then like you, you try to look at it and be gone. You know, it's just right. And we had our REM pod out while we were at the fire. We were kind of doing Estes sessions and chatting and, and doing some different stuff. And Josh, actually, uh, we attuned him for Reiki level one. Um, Santosh and I are both uh, Reiki masters. And so we doing that as well. So there's a lot of like energetic stuff going on. And we'd all be like, do you guys feel that? Do you feel something looking at us? We're like, yeah. And the REM pod's like, boo, boo, boo. Yeah. <laughs> And I also had this little, uh, the little, you know, typical EMF detector, you know, kind of goes from like orange all the way up through green, whatever. And that was, that was sitting on uh, the arm of the chair uh, around the fire. And it kept, it kept spiking up all the way up to red a couple of times and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we had that kind of stuff happen. Uh, no clear sightings. I mean, it was uh, most nights it was cloudy that we were down there. All that was really interesting. Stefan pointed it out. We talked about it last, the last show. Um, Every time we would do an Estes session, the sky would clear up. Every time. And then we and then we would get done and then it would get cloudy again. Clouds would roll in and fog would roll in too. Like yeah. it would get really it was so strange. And then I did, I had me a bathroom specter. Okay. Don't laugh, Kyle. I can already see you laughing. <laughs> um, I had a bathroom specter. I'm in the bathroom, man. I'm just, you know, doing my thing. And uh the way the bathroom the the mirror sits right next to the uh the toilet there and so like i'm looking forward at the door out of the corner of my eye because it's kind of to the left and behind me i see this kind of white figure standing in the mirror and it's kind of moving and wobbling i'm like okay well that's got to be a reflection of the towel so i look over at the towel towel's dead still and i can still kind of see it out of the corner of my eye turn there's nothing there i turn back it's there again i turn and back and i finished up (laughs) out of that bathroom and i told santage immediately because we were going to bed and i told him i was like man we gotta you know just just stay out of the bathroom for a little bit and we're like ha 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 and uh, we had the room with the two twin size beds and so the door was open it had been open maybe 30 seconds and santage goes yeah i think i'm gonna go ahead and close the door (laughs) yeah let's go ahead and close the door like that's gonna stop a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. Well, it, maybe uh, maybe the door doors made out of sage. Maybe that's you know. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. maybe. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, we had we had lots of fun, man, and just stuff like that, and um, all kinds of great stuff. And then and we course, did go we did go down to the pyramid as well. So that I do want to ask you guys about yeah. what's going on down there. Um, but Josh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say we also uh, you know kept uh, uh, was it Reno's. Kinos. Oh, Reno's. Yeah, we kept yeah, them open. Kept beyond. them open late. So, um, but uh, but yeah, they, and then they were awesome. And then we took a we took a little we found a little rock or something from the uh, pyramid. So that's that's a good segue stuff. And the uh, the we found a little rock from the uh, from the fountain because the the the, the fountain thing is gone. Right? It's mm-hmm. like it's not. Yeah, um, we saw Kyle at the museum. We saw you had a chunk. We were like, what's that chunk of marble you got down there? And uh, you told us what it was. So when we went there, there was still a chunk there. And so we kind of broke off a little piece and I brought it home with me. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, well, I want one if Kyle's got one. <laughs> we're going to use it in, in energy work now. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've already got jobs lined up in Sedona, y'all. <laughs> like, I, I've got, I, I got the Somerset Fountain Rock, y'all. Come on. <laughs> I'm gonna we should start you. selling those, right? We should we should bag those <laughs> up should. and sell them. Oh, you could, man. You probably you probably could. Let's be. Oh, I mean, <laughs> even at least the dirt from the from the pyramid, and there's a shitload of it right now. 
So. Mm-hmm. Oh, spe- yeah, there was a pile of, of poop there too. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was human poop. So. Pretty sure. <laughs> That's but that really like- adds to your experience. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably from that meth head Sasquatch. It's probably what it was. <laughs> from the meth head Sasquatch. Oh my gosh. But uh, but yeah, so that was pretty much the extent of our experiences. Down, like you know, like I said, we had some good Esther stuff. I mean, it was some really cool. We got it all on audio. Uh, we were actually. Typically, when we do them, Stephanie and I, we don't ask questions. We just let the other person talk. Um, and then, uh, but this time, Stephanie and them, Stephanie and Santosh asked questions when I was doing it. And we're getting back, like, spot-on answers and stuff yeah, like that. because he was so, goading us. Like, he didn't know he was doing it, but he was going, I was like, fine, fine. You want me to ask you? You want me to? And so, like, I just ended up asking. He'd be like, yes, that's exactly what it is. Or I'm like, did you move that? Yeah, did you feel that? You know, I'd be like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was fun honestly though kyle one of my favorite parts was coming and visiting you and seeing the museum because when i was there last time it was still under renovation yeah, yeah so i got to see it like nice you know yeah thank you so much man yeah, the candy wrapper a lot of work there's <laughs> a lot of work to get that tiny little space in the basement looking halfway decent like that you know but yeah. i'm really proud of what i got going on down there i loved <laughs> it man so not you know for all that spooky scary stuff it's got such a good vibe to it man we, oh yeah we didn't want to leave we just had shit to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we loved having you guys down i'm glad you got to see it like like you said last time you're there is an absolute racket there's everything was everywhere we're in the middle of the photography project for the eventual app that we're doing with darren so <laughs> The app, the app. Yeah, we're gonna have an app that's like uh, basically your own guide for it. Every piece will be in the oh. uh, app with a little extended description. Eventually, there'll be like an audio tour to it. Uh, and actually, one of the fascinating things that we talked about was doing like you could log your experience with a specific piece oh, if nice. you know you had a really meaningful exchange with something in there. You can log that or you say this piece sucks. Get something else, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) Right. Well, you need voiceover actors. You let us know it's on the house. We will be, I appreciate it. I will gladly do one with a really bad Dracula accent too. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the international paranormal museum. (laughs) (laughs) Hotel Transylvania Mm three. Yeah. That's what it, yeah. 100% name. 100% man but yeah Kyle we absolutely appreciated you and uh, we had such a good time sitting there talking with you and uh, looking at and you were even on tour guide duty because we we'd be in the middle of a conversation like so what is this over here I didn't see this last time (laughs) so yeah it was definitely fun we like since the remodel we opened last year here in September 29th and like we haven't ever gotten back to doing tours we've just made it self-guided now Mm -hmm. and it was fun to be able to do that again eventually i'd like to start doing cur- curator days where mm-hmm. i am just giving tours like on the hour but you know it's time consuming and sometimes i don't really like people but i do really enjoy giving tours. <laughs> <laughs> well you have a, a natural it, propensity for it sir it's a silent tour there's no talking yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> just somebody with an accordion or a small keyboard playing yeah, classical you know, music through the whole thing <laughs> you gotta have a you know a guy with a guitar you know walking around was actually you know, so. now that i would go i would go to that so fast man <laughs> like you nice. got a synth wave tour or you can do like a rock tour or a polka tour yeah yeah i really kind of like that idea 
<laughs> or yeah, different characters as well, you know, mm-hmm. like like or shitty Dracula at one point, or yes. like yeah. someone that's really pissed off at everyone taking the tour, mm-hmm. like or a really <laughs> intelligent Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, 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 that would be great. Or like a, a meth head Sasquatch. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those are the cheapest. Right? Those are the cheapest yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> they tend so. to be. They tend to be. They work for meth and 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 apples apparently. Yeah. So uh, so so Nathan, what have you been uh, up to since we last talked? Oh man, what haven't I been up to? <laughs> have, yeah, have last you, uh, time we talked to you, you had just gotten a crap ton of FOIAs in, um, and you were like, "I'm pouring through these, y'all. There's so much crap. I don't know what's in here yet." <laughs> yeah, so, so 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 we we were very successful with the uh, the FOIA uh, for uh, Alexander Guterman that owned the Mount Victory Mine. That's right. you know it's the center of a lot of this weirdness, but. Um, <laughs> I ended up, uh, we found um, another individual uh, named Charles Hayes. Someone sent us a message that said, uh, have you looked at Charles Hayes? And, you know, here's this guy that, the article that they sent us, the, is, it's this guy that uh, uh, was involved in the largest gemstone seizure uh, in U.S. history by U.S. Customs. Right. And he's from Pulaski County. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is weird, you know? And so we started digging into who this guy was. And it was another Mr. X here in Pulaski mm-hmm. County that ties into um, specifically into the Danny Casolero. Um, if you're familiar with the octopus that uh, was published by Ken Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, sort of one of those like classic conspiracy theories, you know, and the guy who's, you know, he's an investigative reporter um, ends up dead in a bathtub by suicide, you know, uh, supposedly with four slashes on each arm, uh, which is, you know, the sign of the octopus. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it was one of those crazy stories, but, but this guy really did uh, the, when the cops found Castellaro and the FBI looked at his phone records, he had had, just dozens and dozens and dozens of calls to Charles Hayes here in Pulaski County. It turned out he was a major source of information because Charles Hayes alleges that he is an ex-CIA contractor and that he had been working with the CIA for years, uh, that he was selling the Promise software, which was the subject of Castellaro's research. Yeah. Um, And ended up being a huge case because of uh, the Enslaw Corporation sued the United States government for stealing the software. Um, and it was, you know, this, this crazy data mining software, you know, uh, late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. That Facebook is not using. <laughs> right, exactly. That no one is using. Uh, they had it 30 years ago, you know, and it's hoovering up all this information. And, and now, yeah, it's like how they improved it. But um but yeah, they, the government ended up raiding this guy's farm too. He he acquired some of the software from um, an auction in Lexington by the Justice Department. Uh, of course, he knew what was on this on the computers that they'd failed to wipe, and they wanted the computers back. He said, "No, I bought them." And then they said, "We'll arrest you if you don't." He said, "You can't. I bought them." You know. <laughs> so then the FBI raided his farm, took his computers, wiped it, gave them back. He sued the government. I think he got paid six hundred thousand in restitution. All right, mm. um, but this guy's got this long history of 
running guns in the mid seventies. Um, and by guns, I mean rocket launchers. He was caught wow. rocket launchers here. Um, there are a number of X Files episodes that are based on this guy. Wow. Um, uh, there's one about because supposedly he also created a group called the Fifth Column, um, and they were all ex CIA contractors, ex CIA hackers, and they were using the Promise software to find corrupt politicians, and then they would uh, trace down the black money put it into a dossier and hand deliver this packet to them, you know, have to send some courier and it would say, you have 24 hours to resign or we're going to release this information. Mm-hmm. So su- supposedly uh, during that period that this was occurring, it was the largest number of um, uh, resignations by uh, U.S. politicians in Congress. Drain you know. the swamp. That's right. What right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, <laughs> Man, so, that's crazy, man. That's when he got the, the, that moniker Angel of Death, right? Because of that. Yeah. Yeah. They called him the Angel of Death because of that. And, and supposedly they were using a, they had built, um, because he's a junk dealer, you know, they had built and sourced parts <laughs> from various government auctions to build, supposedly, a Cray supercomputer that they put in the back of a semi trailer that was being driven around Pulaski County. Um, so. The, the the movie with the one of the diehard movies where the the fire cell thing where you know they drive around in a, in a semi truck uh, to take over the the country in DC or whatever that's basically they ripped that off of this guy maybe I wonder if that, yeah, that's the live free diehard right yeah yeah yeah, yeah dude that, I just watched that last weekend um, uh, but <laughs> the the X Files uh, the X Files episode is the I think it's the first episode with the lone gunman you know the hackers that helped them yeah out. I, um, I randomly just watched that episode last well, week. do you know what I'm talking about? it's a semi-trailer with a supercomputer yeah. in the back yeah that's yes. that's it man that's, that's crazy on... so and, weird i didn't even put that yeah. together and and then the the whole the where they're on the indian reservations mm-hmm. and they find the buried box car with the, the yeah been infected that's all taken from uh, the octopus, because those are they call those yellow lodges, and they were doing weapons development on Indian reservations. Because this is true, because the Indian reservations don't have any treaties for nuclear testing, biological testing, right? You know, all kinds of stuff like that, right? It's sovereign so land, right? Yeah, yeah. So the government uses those uh, territories to test a lot of this stuff, and. Uh, a guy named, I think it's Michael Rasconuto, is how you say his name, um, was involved in this, um, and um, and and so that a lot of the episodes of the X Files were being written, you know, in ninety one, ninety two, mm-hmm. ninety three, and that's right when all of this stuff where Charles Hayes is is there, the octopus, you know, and so I think that the writers of the show were definitely researching yeah. weird designs, weird magazines. Cause you know, they yeah. needed. Yeah. Stuff. People don't well, know that, that uh, most of the X-Files stuff did come from kind of real stuff and they would skew it just a bit or to make it right. a little more fictional or things like that. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of like real case files and stuff that they kind of dug into and use. It's really, really interesting. So now you, when you put in this FOIA, you had no idea this kind of stuff was going to come up. <laughs> well, so, so no, actually we knew all of this. Oh, right? okay. We, so this is all from newspaper articles 
and from gotcha. re- research of other people. So everything I just told you can be confirmed, you know, as far as there are people that testify to it in their newspaper articles about it. Definitely all the Chuck Hayes stuff is in the newspaper. He eventually went to jail. Supposedly the FBI, the FBI set him up for a murder for hire frame up uh, to try to murder his son for a hundred dollars. Uh, and, and he ended up going to jail for this, right? Jeez. It's a crazy saga. Yeah. Um, I'm from, yeah. But, but for a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a crazy story, but yeah. <laughs> when we found this guy though, it was kind of like, oh, you know, how, how is it possible that, that this guy existed here in Somerset and we didn't find him, right? Mm-hmm. But also, how is it possible that this guy exists in Somerset and that he didn't end up knowing Guterman? He had to have, right? There had to right. be yep. overlap there. So anyway, I, I filed FOIA requests uh, with the FBI and with the CIA. Uh, the FBI were fairly quick. Uh, you know, they, they did it within the 40 days and they responded with a Glomar response. Do you know what a Glomar response is? Mm-mm. I did not know what a Glomar response was either until I received <laughs> one. And then I was like, what is this? Um, so they basically said that they can neither... Because conf- I specifically asked for documents involving the gemstone heist, right? Mm-hmm. Or the gemstone seizure. And specifically about the raiding of his farm and specifically about the murder for all cases that were very publicly involved they, they very publicly involved the fbi right so it's like <laughs> yeah yeah i provided links to the newspaper articles and attached so it's like they can't say well what are you referring to right right so it's like it's like it says you were involved in this case and they literally replied back and said um we can neither confirm nor deny that any of this, these documents exist. And if you want these documents, you can sue us, basically. Wow. wow. And I was like, well, shit, that means there's, <laughs> there really is yeah. something. Some good I mean, stuff. The, the, oh, the fact that, right, the fact that they said they can't do that is, is confirmation that, that it's there, right? Yeah. So. And then the CIA responded finally this past month, which I thought I wasn't going to get anything from them. Yeah. They responded. And they were basically like, oh, we'll give you these documents, but you have to prove to us that this guy's dead. And here is a form to fill out and attach his death certificate. Wow. And wow. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, you know. Right, I thought you were going to say, on. we'll give this to but you, hey, but we'll have to kill you. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's not a dead end, right? I mean, that's, you know, all yeah. you got to do is, pun intended, find the guy's birth certificate. I mean, how hard can it be? Well, well, so, so, well, so, well, we've never seen any evidence that he is dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. We can't find any. So he would be 86 years old and living here in Pulaski County. And he's probably Uh, changed his name. I don't know, man. I I wonder. uh, um, But I'm I'm, so we have a a private investigator that we work with. And so hopefully the private investigator will find either a death certificate or an address where the guy is. Yeah. Now it, it, you wish we had white pages again and landlines because oh then you would just been like, oh, sh- there he is. Oh, here's his address. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. so, anyway, it's just a weird, you know, it's that's one of those things where all of this stuff happened just in the last few months. So, you know, we were yeah. planning on trying to release the show this month, but we found all that stuff and then a ton of other weird stuff. That I'm trying to get into the second. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's funny because we talked to Kyle and Kyle's like, "Yeah, 
boy, oh boy, we got a lot of stuff. I don't know when season two's coming. And then like two days later, you're like, season two is dropping in January. I was like, okay, so, all right. So you guys had a big conversation since we saw you. In two days. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the date that we're going to release it on is 111, 22. Yeah. And the whole Lodge 111 mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. you know, Sammy Catron 111. And 111 is, has become sort of a, a central you know numerical value in this whole mystery so well yeah anyway. that's three you add it all up and that's the three of you guys boom numerology <laughs> welcome right <laughs> yeah that's a- run that through greenfield cipher what do we got yeah. <laughs> and what and 22 is a double of 11 so there you go yeah, yeah that's see that's the thing too it's it's one eleven 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 yeah right yeah so Crazy. you know it's man my, we have my lottery numbers so is that, it's just all ones. That's all, all ones. ones. Yeah. I only play binary. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. <laughs> I only do. I only do binary digits. So. Yeah, they're real numbers, but they're binary. So. Right. Um, no, I mean, but we've actually received quite a few messages from people that were uh, that have done the cipher mm-hmm. on all these places in Somerset and they're always like, look at this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this equals this. We get you that know? stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good. I don't know. You gotta know. love it though, man. You gotta oh, yeah. love it, man. It, you well, know, it, it, it's fun because you're like, Oh, people are listening. That's yeah. nice. Oh, Oh, okay. Got a cipher thing and a dick pic. Neat. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks Kyle. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Like you're picking on Kyle a lot here. I, I know <laughs> he just like makes he, me happy. You got a crush or something? I don't know. I know. It's a, we're, we got a bromance already. He just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I was talking. I was going to say I, I put in a, a FOIA talking about. I, I didn't get the thing back where it's uh, we can either confirm or deny. But the Murray Island incident um, out in uh, was it Oregon or I think it's Oregon, yeah. uh, and that's that's like well documented. There's like newspaper articles and things to talk about. The FBI came out and investigated and everything. So I put in a FOIA listing out like the dates that it all happened, the names of the agents that it did the investigation, um, and the FBI replied like two days later was like, "We don't have any records of this. Uh, please contact the National Archives." We've already turned all our records over to the National Archives. I was like, well, crap. So now I got to put in a FOIA for the National Archives, but still. It, but I mean, it was they, they weren't they weren't eager to release any information. And then I put in a similar request to the CIA, and their response back was, "We've already we've already provided all UFO related activity on CIA.gov. Please go search there." So <laughs> why did you not go there first? Being <laughs> well, done, don't bother I, us. <laughs> I did, and there's no Murray Island stuff out there. So there's Murray a- Island was really a portal more than a ufo like it was a portal opened up and all this crap fell out well so the maury island thing too is really interesting um so darian found a repository of fbi and cia documents that i'll send you the link to that they're that probably they definitely have a file on fred crispin okay Uh, and the crazy thing though is that crispin is connected to the JFK assassination, right? What? Yeah, dude. Fred Crispin is 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 part of the JFK assassination. And then on top of that, his nephew is Michael Resconiuto that I was talking about that's involved <laughs> in the octopus thing, right? Wow. <laughs> and so you start to find these sort of intelligence families 
And it's like, why was Fred Chrisman involved in Maury Island? And then why was, uh, you know, Fred Chrisman involved in, and why does he pop up in JFK assassination? You know, yeah. um, this is like people, that, uh, that documentary on Netflix. Uh, what's it called? Stuff in the family or something like that. Oh yeah. Oh, about yeah. that religious organization yeah. in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that cult, camp to campground or whatever that's out in california where the like you can't get in and oh yeah yeah the one with the altar owl. stuff yeah. yeah yeah we talked so. to alan about that one um but darian i wanted to hit you up because we, we we didn't get to talk to you at all and uh so i'm gonna flip this back around a little bit and uh kind of wanted to ask how you got into all of this and kind of sucked into the whole penny royal um atmosphere you know bubble there what how, how, did, how did you get into all of this stuff well, like um, at the beginning, when it, if you're not from Somerset, these things are all kind of strange when you're when you move here. So I'm not from Somerset. I'm from like <laughs> south of here, and so I didn't know any of these murder stories or anything mm -hmm. when I moved here. I, I'm from a lot of this area is sort of violent, so it's not surprising that, that weird things would happen. Um, but uh, so when I started hearing about those the murders of the the two kids in the '90s. Uh, and then the there was another incident that was only a couple of years later where a girl was went missing uh, from the army recruiter's office. And in local rumors, all of these things are kind of like threaded together into one narrative that involves a cult, right, or something like that. And so uh, we, uh, if you're if you're here for very long, you hear these things, you know. And so we started kind of digging into it. Uh, Nathan and 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 I and a couple of other friends were kind of. Just digging into it originally just to see what if that could be true or what could be true and it's it's connected also to a lot of like other strange myths about somerset that there was a baptist church that was satanic in the 1800s and and they were like sacrificing babies and a couple of drunk kids mm. burned it down in the 90s and uh, you know it's 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 all kind of connected and so we were trying to like say well you know this is weird i never heard this from where i'm from you know so mm -hmm. um as we kind of got more and more into it it led us to this sort of meta mystery about how how all of this connects in some weird way you know and um so i don't think we started out thinking about high strangeness i think we started out thinking about you know this sort of local mystery that is you know sort of an unspoken thing a lot of these people that were associated with the things that happened at least these murders in the 90s um you know you, can, you really can't ask around town to people who've grown up here you know it's sort of taboo you don't you don't talk about those things yeah and so as we kind of dug in dug more and more into it, we're like well you know it's definitely not a cult in the traditional sense in, in the sense that you know everyone thinks it is but there's got to be something to it that is is you know connecting it all to that and as we went further and further it just got weirder and weirder until now it's just hyper weird you know so <laughs> yeah. uh, well that's what like i was thinking about i mean you all are pretty much i would say what you've stumbled onto is really more on the true crime side of the house uh, with like a little bit of cult and paranormal stuff kind of sprinkled in, you know, um, but it's it's like this is not <clears throat> a lot of the paranormal stuff like Bigfoot and, and ghosts and all that kind of stuff. You can't prove that it happened. You are onto a trail of something that like 
there's proof that a lot of these things happened and you will you will undoubtedly find more proof that you know substantiates what you're finding yeah and that that's definitely true and that's one of the things that um i don't know if you've heard this term like real uh is it reality tunnels or is is that the yeah the, yeah yeah, like, yeah. Uh, robert anton wilson you know. yeah and so like it's sort of you know i i have, I have no familiarity with any of this this sort of fringe stuff at all right i'm more of a, right. a programmer you know and so i i didn't i didn't i have no i didn't know about any of the original ufo stuff or any anything like that and um so as as we were going through it it was just it you know i, I went through the whole thing of releasing penny roll before i uh, before i ever even watched um twin peaks and then i was like oh my <laughs> god this is so fucking similar it's ridiculous yes. I've never even seen it, you know? And so yeah. it's like, it's like, uh, there's gotta be something like a deeper structure to the yeah. mystery that is independent of, of any of these small details, you know, and these details sort of shape that shape it and frame it, but there's gotta be something archetypal in nature in a sense. C- kind of like a, like, you know, you sometimes you go to an area that's got a bunch of um, a bunch of ponds kind of speckled across the landscape, right? And you find out that there's an underground spring that's feeding all those ponds. And that's basically what you all got going, right? You've got all these little ponds of activity and you're trying to figure out what's the underground spring that's feeding all this. Yeah, yeah, we went down that that rabbit hole a lot because we thought, well, maybe there's something about the, the historical geography of Somerset, it was kind of a midpoint between Cincinnati and Knoxville and, uh, and Nashville and other places that it's sort of like a, a little place where people switch trains a lot. There was a, a major train depot here that led to a lot of like really strange uh, train robbery incidents. And and so I, I think that there is something to that. We, we kind of looked at, well, maybe it's just that it's sort of a lawless place right but that had a lot of traffic for you know transportation reasons and that lends itself to you know this sort of violent violence and then you you know you you add in there the fact that you know all of the weird magnetic stuff that's going on in the area and electro you know the the crystals and stuff and and just kind of messing with people's brains a little bit and all that kind of jazz and and i was i was talking with somebody else oh stefan it was when we had um I'm totally blanking on his name. The guy from Hudson Valley. I'm totally blanking on his Mark name. Mark D'Antonio. You Mark can never D- remember yeah. his name for some reason. I know. I know. I keep wanting to say Ken, but that's not right. But when we had uh, Mark on to talk about Hudson Valley stuff, so they have a weird magnetic anomaly stuff there, too. Um, and I'm just like, I've been also on my own kind of looking at, you know, what are like on google earth you know i felt like i found a, a a file that had all the ley lines in it so i like put that on google earth and then um went and pulled all the new fork sightings and put those on google earth to see if there's any similarities like are they following ley lines or you know that kind of stuff and it's just i would you know my next course of action is to go out and find something that has like all the different magnetic anomalies uh overlay that on google earth and see if there's any similarities there but i'm just the fact that Hudson Valley, when we talked to Mark, he specifically called out the magnetic stuff, and I knew that's you know something that's going on in Somerset too. Um, well, it's it's, just- it's interesting because um, so I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, and Toledo, Ohio, is in the middle as well. So it's like it's like dead not dead center, but it's in the, in between Detroit and Cincinnati, and then in between Chicago and Cleveland, and so it too was this major 
kind of stopover point. I mean, we used to call it the crossroads when we were kids because we were like, this place is nothing but demons. Um, but we, you know, one of the things is it's very magnetic as well. Well, you start to look at Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, this area, it's all like all these metals in the ground, steel and iron and, and all yeah. of this different stuff. And it just makes you, you know, wonder like how much of that does affect the energy that's in the air that affects people's brain chemistries and, and all of that stuff. That's, that's, yeah, I'm sorry. One of the things we did look at was the four, like the 411 stuff that, you know, like the mm-hmm. National Park right. stuff. Yeah. And uh, when we started to overlay these maps of, of all of these sort of resources that we could find, there was a really high correlation between the the rate, the, 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 um, the ratio of uh, true psychosis, which would be bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, and the number of trees per square mile in a place. And that yeah. that uh, seems it, 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 that could be for any number of reasons. It could be for because of the amount of mold in the atmosphere. It could be for anything. But that one was really strongly correlated with a lot of things that you see in a lot of these sort of violent situations that are random. You know. Well, and I, and I'm and I'm thinking that M Night Shyamalan was, and I can never say his last name. So, I, right. so I apologize. Are you, are you Pentecostal? What's that? I, I can never say his last name. So anyway, I just I just do it over the top wrong because then it's you know it's on purpose at least anyways um that movie he did about the with the trees attacking the and killing off yeah Terrible and it's basically i want like i wonder if he did his research similarly the way that you did and found that you know maybe the trees are affecting people yeah it, 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 well there's a there uh, tangentially there's another there's another study that i uh, had um come across that was in the early 2000s there was a study that was released that correlated the uh, rate of uh, autism with the amount of rainfall in a place so the pacific northwest has the highest rate of autism and uh and there's other places and that also happens to correspond to the number of trees in a place because they need rain right and so um that it, it it's got to be some uh, you know i don't know i mean uh, We've also kind of zeroed in on the quartz in the, the constellated quartz in the limestone here mm-hmm. and the piezoelectric effect. So when there are these sort of seismic shifts, they're causing sort of a rapid and, and large burst of uh, static electricity that is that comes out of this movement or compression of the quartz. And so that's something we've, we've gone into too, because not only is there some seismic activity here, as there is in a lot of places, there's also a lot of uh, blasting, you know, there's a lot of like yeah. uh, quarries. And so that, you know, is, is, is reverberating through the local geography or geology um, all the time, you know? And so is that having an effect on people? Because there does, there are a lot of studies that coordinate this, this piezoelectric effect to <laughs> mental illness, you know, in, uh, well, and this is true too. And, and the fact that Kentucky is on, uh, the largest fault line in the United in the United States too. So Madrid, uh, fault line. Right. Yeah, there's something else too that David Metcalf pointed out to me. I haven't been able to chase all this stuff down yet, but um, I think it's in one of the universities in Georgia, um, which has uh, has or has had a relationship with uh, parapsychology department and just sort of a, a borderland or border sciences sort of group there. Um, they've been testing some some alternate theories out. Um, he mentioned that they started to look at uh, geomagnetic anomalies and quartz concentrations um, and actually put forth um, a paper that um, suggested 
these areas permitted retrocausal or temporal anomalies, right? Which I thought was really interesting in terms of where we got to with looking at the bait cabal and some of these um, ceremonial magicians who were coming down from from Cincinnati that were performing Mm -hmm. uh, magical rituals here in that area. So, so when you look at where Guterma's mine is located, when you look at where um, the beehive, which is probably the site where some of these rituals were performed, they're actually on the exact, the Pulaski County is the exact center of the Kentucky anomaly, but within that exact Mm -hmm. center, there are two peaks and one is in Keno and the other is where uh, Guterma's Mines, where these rituals were performed, right on the edge of the Daniel Boone National Forest. And so, you know, when you dig into the Bait Cabal and you look closer at this, their magic, you know, Mayoshin magic, the uh, Horace Mayot Lodge, focused on spells that had to do with temporality, right, of changing time and of creating vortexes of time that would, which they believed would prevent these beings, these entities from crossing through uh, what Kenneth Grant and others, Nima, this is where Kenneth Grant gets this from, the Cincinnati Vortex, which is the basically the, the rip in reality that exists over top of this area and into West Virginia. So it's like from here over to West Virginia and up toward Cincinnati, uh, toward the mounds. That entire area, a portal was open, and uh, by Paleo Indian uh, groups like the Hopewell uh, and the Adena, and that portal was never closed. And so people have correlated the Mothman sightings, uh, all kinds of str- of high strangeness with this. And so this group in the in the mid 1970s were actively attempting to perform rituals to close this portal and prevent what they believe to be these ancient entities they call the old ones from you know entering our reality again and destroying humanity and it's like what <laughs> that's the same thing olaf phillips who is a greenfield publisher and a friend of ours um he has been actively doing something similar but over in the Mojave, um, which is where Jack Parsons did the same thing, opened that portal, never closed it. And so him and his group of like-minded Greenfieldians are have been trying to pinpoint the spot so that they can try to close that portal. And they surmise the same thing. A lot of mysteries that are out West are due to that as well. Well, so. And then you take, you know, the stuff is what happened in Hudson Valley and is happening in Hudson Valley. And you look at the proximity from that to Montauk, um, and all the stuff that happened at Montauk. So, I mean, it's just, you know, Hudson Valley too. I wanted to bring up when you mentioned that there, when I was doing a lot of this research, that Hudson Valley was one of the other places that really correlated with Somerset and with, you know, this whole Penny Royal region, because it also has a strange geography to it. Um, a large amount of water, but also correlations between uh, geomagnetic anomalies and ancient earthworks. And a number of people of of UFO researchers have plotted UFO sightings and where the ancient earthworks are and they cluster around the ancient earthworks, which correlate with the magnetic anomalies. Um, And these are like old chambers in the woods that just go down into the ground. And they were probably used for some type of... um, 
tracing of the stars because at certain points of the mm-hmm. year a beam of light will come through and highlight right. one spot of the chamber so right so there definitely was this uh sense of uh of archaeo astronomy you know an awareness of, of, of that at the time you know it makes me want to have like you know teams in those locations simultaneously doing investigations to see if we can correlate or or, or <laughs> find some sort of a you know, uh, a reasonable explanation as to why these things are happening and, you know, test in all these locations that are experiencing a similar phenomena. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, so I was going to say shifting gears just a hair, but just to kind of add to the Penny Royal mystery is um, something. So my best friend, uh, Kyle, you met her. She has lived in Somerset now for a little over 20 years. I lived there with her for about a year, year and a half myself and had tons of fun, crazy, spooky experiences. Um, but anyways, she's a uh, she works at the library at the university. And um, so she has always had, um, you know, people come to her because she's definitely um a little more into this stuff um, than pretty much anybody else on staff there. And so people will come to her and have over the years just asking about stuff. So she's always tried to curate as much as she could, the cool kind of trendy books and stuff like that. And she's also remarked that since your guys' show and hell year, there has been a huge uptick of people coming in searching for things because they're the academic library, you know, and stuff like that. But we were chatting and um, recently, and we were talking about just weird stuff that we knew outside of, you know, uh, your show and stuff like that, that we remembered and things like that from back in the day. And one of the stories we talked about was uh, she had these students that um, came to her quite a bit and they were kind of left hand path kind of uh, into dark magic kind of stuff. And she was always and uh, she was always like, maybe you guys should do the white magic stuff. But, you know, she still tried to support and things like that. And um, but they were getting into kind of deeper and darker and things like that. And I remember when we were talking about it, how the main guy who was kind of a jerk or whatever, they had gone and done a ritual and they said that he had wandered off after the ritual and he was never seen again. Now, he didn't really have any family uh, or anything like that. So no one ever reported him missing or anything like that, because like, I think he just kind of was that type of personality. So they just assumed because I was like, did he ever come back? And and we're like, I don't we don't know. We never like like thought about it, never looked into it or not, um, whether or not he came back or whatever. But yeah, just kind of wandered off. And they because the two friends were like, we don't know where he is. He, we have not seen him. And, you know, and then within the rest of that semester, they both kind of just transferred to like another school or something like that. But that would have so that would probably have been in the early 2000s, like because it was after I lived there. Um, you know, I, I was I lived there probably 2000, 2001. And I think maybe it was a year or two after that, maybe three. But yeah, I was like, I forgot all about that to just add to the craziness. And so, yeah, it's like no one ever reported it or anything. So, but just a a little story from me that I wanted to share with you guys that might add to the spookiness. Because I was like, I can't believe I forgot all about her telling me about that. That's super weird, man. God. Yeah, and it just fits that narrative, like, because they would talk about, you know, the weird stuff and, you know, that they were into and that Somerset was this crazy place and stuff like that. And when we were talking about Penny Royal, we're like, I wonder if they knew about some of this stuff and somehow got it because you know this main guy talked about how you know he knew stuff you know what i mean it's like but i mean they were like 20 year olds yeah so you wonder that i mean hell maybe he was the kid of one of these older occultists you know yeah who knows yeah i i i I can speak to this a little bit just uh i grew up 
about 30 minutes south of here and a lot of kids in my high school were really into this stuff i know there's probably like 20 kids or, or so mm-hmm. and a lot of them were going to somerset at the time and i've always heard stories about uh, i know my cousin um he goes in, into the caves a lot like the Sloan's valley cave system and he came across an altar with a, a burnt dog that was wrapped in barbed wire and there's all this you know, sort of satanic uh, inscriptions on the walls and stuff. There's a lot of that stuff. And I, I, I always thought it was just normal-ish, you know, yeah. but I don't know if it, I don't know if that's true or not. Something something I want to point out too, you mentioned like the dog. Um, a major current in this whole mystery um, because sort of the, we've been chasing down, you know, through the Pennyroll mystery another mystery about um, the veracity of, of James Shelby Downer Jr., right? And, you know, sort of the originator of this idea of uh, mystical, you know, synchro synchro mysticism, you know, a mystical toponymy, you know, the strange names, the naming of places, and, you know, mm-hmm. all, the, all the shit in Grimstead's, uh, you know, Rebirth of Pan and Mysterious America and all of, Ho- you know, uh, Michael Hoffman stuff, you know, that all originates with Downard, right? And so Downard was here in Kentucky, and he went to college like 30 minutes north of here at Center. And so um, there's a, a heavy element of the Downard story in this, but it's weird how it comes and it folds back sort of from St. Petersburg and his his interaction with Grimstead and Hoffman and the serious rising tapes, which are these recordings, right? Yeah. And so, so yeah. <laughs> because of because of Grimstead and um and his rebirth of Pan and how that became a major part of season two in Hellier, right? And then Dan Dutton, the artist here, you know, if people listen to Pennyroyal, obviously mm-hmm. Pan was already a major part of this uh before, you know, before they even came. So that, that was a weird intersection. But you know, you've got the serious rising tapes, you've got uh, Robert Anton Wilson's uh, Cosmic Trigger, where he really goes into the serious mystery. He, that's really where that comes from, right? Um, and that's the yeah. first book that Downard is mentioned in. And that's where, you know, Grimstead pops up. So there are these weird correlations. Um, but Sirius keeps popping up. And Sirius is the dog star. You know, the murders happen yep. during, you know, the... Comes up for us in right, our searches yeah. too, man, all yep. the time. And so uh, uh, some people recently came down here, um, some uh, witches uh, that are friends of ours, other fellow podcasters too, and uh, mm-hmm. they were experiencing all kinds of doubling, right? Like whenever something would, that would happen, it would happen in doubles. And uh, yesterday I was reading Michael Hoffman's new book, which... You know, I'm not going to say he's a Nazi, but definitely he's a controversial figure. I wouldn't (laughs) typically give him any money, but a large section of that book had a lot of new stuff about Downard. And I was like, I have to, I have to buy this to, you know, finish this research. Mm -hmm. But in that he has a section on Sirius and he connects Sirius to um, Anubis and this idea of doubling. It goes through this whole weird thing, but with Sirius, there's a connection to Hecate and to dog sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And, and so we have this tons of reports of dog sacrifices, sacrifices of dogs outside of caves to things that live inside the caves. Um, and then we even have dog slaughter falls down here, 
where supposedly yeah. you know thousands of the canines were, were slaughtered so there are these weird correlations and also when you get into the alchemical correspondences if you look at Sirius guess what it corresponds to guess what the plant is that corresponds to, to Sirius Pennyroyal and the stone that corresponds is quartz wow. you know well and I was going to I was gonna say there's also you look at like the the Mothman uh, stuff. Uh, one of the one of the early sightings, uh, the guy's dog was going crazy, right? Oh yeah. And then and then his dog like took off, tucked tail and and ran away. Um, <clears throat> and then there was something else. Uh, I want to say we were watching or reading something about um, uh, some encounter or something with with creatures coming out of the the caves and stuff and they were very interested in people's dogs or if you had a dog they wouldn't bother you like it was like a like dog was like a warning sign or something um so yeah it's just there's there's definitely something interesting there uh with dogs and serious and um something that we stumbled upon uh in, in doing some investigation stuff is that are you familiar with the tall map the tall map so it's the T A L. Um, it's technically it's, the Tall Ninety map, is, is yeah. What it is. But there's this guy, something tall. I can't remember his first name, but he basically did this map of all these underground bases in the United States. It's it's dated from like the nineties, um, and it's got it's got places that we think we know, right? That are underground dumps is what they call them today, like the Dolce base in New Mexico. Uh, there's Area 51 is on there, so some other things as well. But when you look at the tall map, um, it actually uh, is very similar to uh, Orion, the constellation. We and figured then, this out. Yeah, and then off, <laughs> and then off to the side of Orion uh, is Orion's hunting dog, which uh, Sirius lines up with uh, one yeah, specific major. with one specific uh, point on that tall map so oh well we've got a we did this big 45 minute conversation about it we've got it on on youtube for um uh just our uh patreon people but i'll, I'll send you all the link if you wanted to uh, take a look at it's, it it's, it's really interesting realizing how that and, and also i wanted to bring up too to add more to that is um have you with all the stuff you were looking at did you take a look at the dogon yeah. tribe in west africa yeah. You know, you talk about series. That's exactly what I think of first. I mean, they had those incredible maps of the stars that they shouldn't have been able to. They knew that there was a second serious star before we even had the ability to see it with with an eyeball, like because we couldn't without a telescope. I mean, the they're fascinating, and I wonder how much correlation between what you found and all of that stuff. If the Dogons have any. Yeah. Uh, correlation they, they there the whole, like the <laughs> cosmogonic egg you know that the egg shape yes. crashed <laughs> the creepy nomos like the little uh uh amphibious froggy yeah things. and, and <laughs> whatever when they, they do were, their yeah. dances you know they look like astronauts mm -hmm. yeah. yes it's nuts man it they it's it, it just doesn't make sense <laughs> like how they have all that way ahead of time it's the, it's the, the thing about this that i think that has emerged and i think the boys would agree with me is that i think the strangest thing and, and but the most fruitful thing but also probably the the hardest thing to prove but definitely in amassing enough data 
um, I think we, I think you can prove it. And I guess that's kind of what we're doing with all the, you know, Darian has designed all this data mining software that, that we use um, to, to sort of crunch this data. But things like that, Sirius, all these weird connections, um, if you look at the constellation of, you know, like you, like we started the conversation with this, this idea of, of different pools of water and whether or not they were all connected together underneath the ground somehow, right? And yeah. so it's like you, you, you want to say that, that, oh, this is all definitely from one source. Um, there's mm-hmm. cause and effect here, right? And I think what we're finding the deeper we go into this and the deeper that we look at all of these things is that there are so many correlations and some of the correlations are so perfect and fit together so perfect um, and are so such spooky, spooky coincidences that it's impossible to ignore that they are connected, but there's this element that none of them actually are connected, right? It's almost in the ability of them to be connected that makes it so fantastical. It's like when you look yeah. at Carrie Thornley's connection to the JFK assassination, right? And there are just dozens of spooky coincidences throughout his life. And this is the guy that, that punked everybody, you know? This is, you know, Operation <laughs> yeah. Mindfuck, you know? And, and and he created the Illuminati, whole the whole mystery of, you know, they were sending out the letterhead to everybody, all these, this stuff. So when he actually did believe he was connected to the JFK, assassination he really had viable information to give the investigators they didn't believe him because he had created all of these conspiracy theories and so it's like he became a part of his own conspiracy theory yep that's gray barker and jim mosley same thing with all they they were hoaxing uh unicef or whatever not unicef (laughs) (laughs) but whatever the um whatever the organization was at the time they were punking them and hoaxing them all the time that all of a sudden their stuff stopped being credible as well and you know they you know alan will tell you too they you know that a lot of those calls that keel was talking about that he was getting was gray and jim pranking him and so it's like but keel was also getting calls but then you're like was he though (laughs) because you know gray's come out and said oh yeah we used to prank him all the time and you're talking about nightcap NICAP, that's not UNICEF. Not UNICEF. But these guys guys really did have experiences, though, you know. Ray Barker, definitely John Keel had experiences, you know. Mm -hmm. And and, and so, uh, you know, John Keel is another one. He experienced all kinds of strange, you know, spooky correlations. But you can also look at people like Charles Hayes that I brought up, you know, how he's Mm -hmm. connected in all these weird ways. Guterma, you know, and the way that Guterma was tied into Spiro Agnew, you know, and like – all of this yeah. weird stuff where you're like, no, this is impossible, but it's absolutely true, but it's so true. It's fantastical. And it's like, yeah, somewhere in that is where the real magic of all of this is. And like, I think that's what we've been trying to pierce is getting through that membrane of what the hell is this? You know, it, it's almost, it's <laughs> almost like, you know, the individual tiles of a mosaic. And only when you take a step back and look at it all together will the picture be revealed. Oh, we were uh, just talking about this. Darian and I were just talking about this earlier this week on the live stream that it's like uh, those those uh, th- those 3D images where it's just like a bunch of things. Yeah. And then if you if you move your eyes slightly, out yeah, of 
the magic yeah, dude, stuff. you see yeah. the image i'm really good at those <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you have to focus unfocus focus unfocus like it's it's so and weird the next thing you know there's a giraffe right yeah eating eating leaves or, or something moth yeah but yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> or a moth or man, a moth man. <laughs> or a meth squash sasquatch meth head yeah. sasquatch yeah meth squatch wow. meth. <laughs> Hashtag shirt. That's a new shirt, guys. It's, it it's just yeah. like messed out <laughs> squatch. He's real skinny, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks like he might have also been on the Dukes of Hazard. Like, right. like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kino monster or meth squatch. Or yeah. meth squad. <laughs> All you got to do is throw blue rocks at him. He'll come out. <laughs> oh, if there's blue ice coming from an airplane, man. It's like he just, he's loud. He don't even try. <laughs> so gross. Oh, it is. <laughs> Uh, but anyway. yeah, man, guys, we are so pumped about season two, man. I mean, uh, you know, I know we've been talking about some of this stuff, but you got any other teases for season two that we can chit chat about a little bit? Um, I would say, um, oh man, you know, there's a heavy element of the, um, the, you know, the motif of the second season involves um, the secret, sort the occult history of the U.S. transportation system. Um I'm already in. <laughs> you got me already. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just thinking like uh, witch hobos. Yeah, man. I mean, thinking, I would, you know. You know uh, oh, so you know Santosh, yeah. like our friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a there's a weird um, there's a weird element of Pulaski County's history where they built a road called I-66, and um, these politicians, Hal Rogers and Mitch McConnell, you know, became involved because the federal government gave the money, but um, they gave uh, these guys $22 million to, to build this I-66 road, which they convinced everyone to get the money. They convinced everyone that it was actually mm -hmm. part of Route 66, right? And cause see, you know, Somerset is the cruise that. capital of, of, of the world, you know, and, and yeah. so there's this... Well, don't y'all have those summer nights? Yeah, summer nights cruise, you know, so yeah. there's this there's this yeah. connection between this sort of mystical connection between 1950s, you know, perfect America, post-World War, you know, classic cars, wholesomeness, right? Um, and, um, and I think they preyed upon that and convinced people that, oh, man, this is, we're going to route the, you know, mystical, you know, mythical, um, Route 66 through Somerset, and it was all a lie. Obviously, Route 66 yeah. goes from what San Francisco all the way to Chicago. Yeah. Chicago, it's yeah. so, mostly mostly I right? you know, So it's like a thousand miles away, and so they they built five miles of this road to nowhere, you know, based on this 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 belief. And so, but when you look at Route 66, there are all of these mystical implications, right? And there's a deeper history, and, and it just ties into this this history of how roads were built in America, uh, jumping off from sort of roads here in, in Pulaski County, but also railroads. You know, there's a lot of mystical things connected to railroads. But then the idea of roads as and highways as paths, right? As as sort of uh, paths to initiation. You know, and, and and sort of crossroads, and 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 this idea of 
transportation and roads and paths and and how all of these things that we've been talking about sort of correlate to to the flow of information and it takes it all the way forward through to digital information and roads uh, in that sense and in our research but um yeah so that's sort of the the theme around which everything is sort of wrapped but uh second season has a gazillion more guests uh lots of, <laughs> of way bigger people too that we've talked to um that have cool. done a lot of research on a lot of crazy things and and so um we really chased down the downard mystery and how that ties into everything um and really go deep on what what this is um and there's a lot of nazis a lot of fashion <laughs> where there's good occult there's oh, always man. nazis it's, it's pretty weird man i think every I, I hope everyone will will enjoy the story and 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 a lot of it too is just us trying to tell the rest of what has happened and continues to happen right. you know even now we just received a series of really strange messages also um uh from someone uh that that feature a bowerbird and we've been talking about them naming it the bowerbird messages but really really strange stuff it looks like cicada stuff there are all these weird mm -hmm. uh messages that are apparently uh embedded in uh the messages they seem to tie into rosicrucianism and theosophy um Ugh, that's so weird, man, because we've had since March, we've been receiving crazy email messages and things like that since March. I mean, we had to create a separate Patreon just because it was so much information to talk about it. It's the same thing, just a lot of cryptic stuff, but so, so much really interesting stuff too it's like is is this becoming a theme like did hell you start something that like the the spooky occult guys that sit in their home are like well, i can get some information out i'm gonna choose these guys <laughs> that's interesting man did you did you uh receive any information that featured a bowerbird no, no. I, no. I, as soon as you started talking, I was already listening to see if anything correlated more. Uh, ours, it seems to hit a lot more of like shaver mystery stuff, uh, underground bases, um, astral travel stuff, and, and just plate. I mean, we've been given coordinates for stuff we're going to be checking out. They're just too far to just drive in a day um, and, and some things like that, especially out in my area. That's so it's... Yeah, some we've been working with Olaf too, like we were talking about now, and just talking because some of it correlates to him, and it, it's been nuts, man. Like so, uh, I, I we're nowhere near deeply invested as you guys are in yours, so I can't even imagine how much that is <laughs> just engulfing uh, your lives. That's crazy, <laughs> dude. Yeah, it's just weird. That's interesting that you guys have been receiving information too. We'll have mm -hmm. to talk later. Uh, oh. For sure. Oh, yeah. we, we will gladly talk because we, I mean, it has been nonstop since March. I mean, we have been in active communication and uh, at first, you know, we were real hesitant, but I mean, it, we've developed, I mean, uh, it almost feels like a friendship at this point, but I mean, yeah, so much of the information's checked out. I mean, it's just a deep space program stuff. Really? I mean, it's yeah yeah stuff yeah. we didn't even knew existed people we yeah. didn't know existed things we names, didn't know existed names that were provided that we looked into that led to other places it was yeah, yeah it's, the, it's been crazy yeah that's been, fantastic been i mean we could do we could do a whole podcast on that eventually i could bump that <laughs> <laughs> so, so but yeah but um yeah again we are super pumped about season two we want to be respectful of you guys' time and know you guys uh it's late out there in uh eastern time zone not for me but uh but for you guys <laughs> um but kind of a last uh last thing I wanted to give everybody just a quick opportunity to kind of you know 
plug some things that you guys got going on where they can find information on on you guys the museum and all that stuff because of course we our number one thing is to make sure people are following you guys listening to you guys and visiting uh the museum because we love all of it so yeah well yeah i'll go first um main thing is the museum for me of course we're open regular hours tuesday through saturday 11 to 5 missions only four dollars uh a lot of times you'll catch me there so i'm doing administrative stuff usually that that means avoiding the public you know (laughs) Um, but on a good day you'll catch me there um but yeah we're trying to get some more events set up you know we kind of took a hiatus from everything while we were doing the remodel last year and then it's just hard to get back into the swing of whatever new reality we live in right now so (laughs) we're trying to get a few more events up uh we're always getting new stuff at the museum uh we i actually just went on a trip to atlanta that was really awesome got a bunch of cool stuff for the museum on that trip um, and had a lot of weird uh, run-ins there. I, I bought a piranha at this fossil store, and <laughs> you showed us that it was so. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and it, it ended up being right next to uh, these. I think they're crinoid uh, fossils that were found in Lake Cumberland here in Pulaski County, uh, <laughs> and it was like oh, literally this great. fossil store in Georgia. So it was just <laughs> mind blowing, you know. But. You know, you know what the museum really needs is an ass squash. <laughs> you know, I've thought about getting one, but I, I don't know. <laughs> you could do like a, uh, you could do like a pop culture uh, exhibit part, and it just have like little funky things that people have done with, you know, cryptids or whatever. Ass like on Animaniacs, like- they did Big Butt. Or it was either Animaniacs or uh, Tiny Tunes. They had Big Butt. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about the Big Butt. <laughs> yeah. We got Bigfoot. Uh, isn't there like a Bigfoot on Fraggles? Like- I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. You might. They the, just the, they the just people ate. that live out in the garden that like live. No, out in- that those are the um, the Fraggles, whatever those guys. They're not. They're not big. <laughs> okay. Anyways, anyways, but yeah, they live near the garbage. Check here. out the museum. Uh, we have a Facebook. We have a website. We have an online store. All that goody stuff. We're trying to make more online content. I'm tossing around the idea of our own Patreon. And Darren and I are in the middle of some exciting uh, projects right now. The biggest thing is we're working on a new piece of ghost hunting equipment that should be pretty yeah. awesome. Uh, I'll let him yeah. take over on that. But, yeah, just come down and see me at the museum sometime. Yep, and I will add, uh, I very much think you should do your Patreon. We have a lot of listeners that would absolutely support you in the museum. Oh, thank you so much. We, we, uh, we love it, I mean, and all that. Absolutely, you guys can do that, especially if it's a way to help you guys. Grow. Yeah, so, yeah, and it's yeah. something I'd want to, like, I'd want people to get their money's worth. I'd want good content, uh, both online, and then I'd want there to be, like, real-world perks with the museum. So, you know, just figuring something out like that. Yep. So, Darian, ghost hunting stuff. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'll talk a little bit about that because I don't really have a, 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 my own thing. I, I'm just an app developer, so I don't really promote a lot of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, Kyle and I uh, are working on a, on a device uh, that's uh, for it's, it's for ghost hunting or, or really a lot of different things, a lot of high strange things, too. Um, it's uh, really just a touchscreen device that allows for us to do like over-the-air updates, so we can always release new 
types of functionality. And we're tying into all of the all of the sensor data that we can that will fit that will feed through a Raspberry Pi to measure sort of environmental fluctuations and randomness or uh, or environmental fluctuations in, in different things um, that are traditionally used in ghost hunting equipment. Uh, at the beginning, I think we're going to have uh, three or four core features, and we're going to roll that out uh, sometime next year. Um, but uh, it, we've learned a lot about um, the, this sort of area of digital divination, in a sense. Uh, with with the work we've done on Penny Royal, and I would support, I would encourage anyone to to become part of the lodge because that's where we've done a lot of this this sort of work, and we, we developed a, um, a a channel bot that that uses uh, uh, quantum uh, randomness from a, a quantum computer at the at a university in Australia that uh, feeds data in and it selects words from the book of the law to. To, as in a channeling session, um, it's very—it's sort of a different take on divination, and I think a lot of that uh, work that we've done at Penny Royal to kind of get to the heart of the mystery has has really informed uh, some of the stuff we're doing in this area. So um, I would I would say tell everyone to go, you know, support the museum and this future device, and of course, the, the yeah, so it sounds. Odd. I mean, we talked to Kyle about it a little bit, and it. I mean, it sounds like a good game changer. I mean, we we're, we're like, as soon as it's done, let us know. Yeah. Like, we are beta tester. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, sounds amazing. Yeah, guys. Um, I will take it to the desert. What do you need? <laughs> yeah. So we're hoping to have it like modular too, where you can sort of add things onto it. So you know, uh, one of the things we wanted to have was an infrared camera because that's something that everyone. Uh, so we're we're uh, going to put as much in, into it as we can, and um, and then it not only will it be the device you buy at the, or, or use at the time you get it, but it will also continuously have updates like a, an app. Or yeah, yeah. Something else to look at in your investigation, or you know, part of, as part of your design is I have a Madar box, M A D A R, um, and uh, it's you can go to I think it's like Madar.com. Anyways. Um, it has a couple of uh it, it just sits it's based on a raspberry pi and it just sits uh you hook it up to the internet and it just uh you set it in your place in your house and it never moves and all the data gets uploaded to the madar uh main uh, uh, uh servers and they go back and look at the data to find correlations for for, for information but one of the things like it monitors uh, compass, uh, you know, compass swings, and uh, what is the uh, uh, magnetic uh, in Milligal, uh that's in the area, things like that, and so just just some ideas about. I've never, you know, I've never heard of this. So, so it's sort of like a, a distributed computing system. Like you, you have one, and someone else has one, and it's measuring everyone's data. Yep. Um, yep. Everyone's, and then it's correlating that data to, to try to identify uh, UFO. It's like it's like several weeks ago. Um, I actually saw a black triangle uh, out by my house, and although it wasn't close enough to trigger the milligal to change, it did cause an extreme compass swing at the same time. So the compass was at like 61 degrees, and it caused it to swing all the way around to 359 degrees. And then, and then, like six minutes later, it caused it to swing back to 61 degrees. And so that was enough with my sighting. To, to be able to correlate some data. So I, I, yeah, I, know, we're, I know we're running out of time, so I don't I want to be conscious of it. But yeah, we can, we can talk sometime, Daring, about uh, that Madar system, and I'm happy to put you in touch even with the person who runs For the sure. program. And then, Nathan, that leaves you. 
Do yeah, thing. man. So, um, uh, Pain and Royal season two. Um, obviously, uh, Darian and Kyle and I are working steadfastly to cram in all the new stuff in there and, and uh, finish up production on that. But um, yeah, there's uh, just a little bit more to do. Uh, the official release date is January the 11th, 2022. So, uh, 1-11. And. If anybody's interested in, uh, you know, definitely check out season one. Uh, it's on all the major platforms and on every platform. Um, and um, go to website, you know, pinrollpodcast.com. Um, definitely there's a newsletter that you can subscribe to. Um, and uh, and definitely our Patreon um, is our real focus right now because we're um, all of our Patreon members, which is, we call it the Liminal Lodge. Uh, but everybody has been right there with us for the last 50 weeks or so. And we do basically weekly updates, live streams about what we're researching, what's happening, new stuff we've found, you know, weird shit that's happened to us. And uh, mm-hmm. so they've really been there you know, on the adventure with us. But um, a lot of this new information that we've received and a lot of stuff we would, would have missed came from members of the lodge that we're digging into this with us because it's, it's just such a gigantic body of information and stories. And so having more people um, involved and looking at it has really opened a lot of doors for us and and really changed uh, what the second season was going to be because of of this. And that's what we wanted all along was to, to really have people help us with that. So um, definitely if anybody's interested in, you know, learning more or helping us, uh, you know, look at some of this stuff, uh, we'd love the love the support um and go to uh you know patreon.com slash penny royal um and you'll find us so uh but yeah man do it do it you guys for having us back on the show we love you guys (laughs) oh man it was a blast Uh, we absolutely i mean you know we love the show but we just absolutely love you guys um i mean it's an absolute pleasure anytime we get to chat online or just here on uh, on the podcast and things like that um we are just fascinated we love like-minded thinkers always and it's a lot of fun and as usual you guys are always welcome back anytime you got anything you just want to put out there let us know we will have you um and you know so get out there guys get your butts to pennyroyalpodcast.com get to that patreon get to the museum and uh get some developing some apps with darian okay like he he wants he wants some love too okay he's more than just a producer he's a good guy he's a good guy (laughs) (laughs) but seriously thank you guys so much nathan isaac darian west kyle cadell Penny Royal Podcast, season two coming out in January. You guys do not want to miss this. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Kyle Cadell, Darian West, and uh, Nathan Isaac. Thank you guys so much again. I know I said thank you uh, on the interview like a bazillion times, but uh, I am just... Uh, just I, I love the hell out of you guys and just so proud of the work that you guys do and it is inspiring and it inspires Josh and I every day so <laughs> to want to do better yeah to want to do better to be better uh, but make sure you guys are getting out there listening to Penny Royal season one if you have not yet uh, check that out and then get ready for Penny Royal season two and if you're in the Somerset area get to that museum man because it's super fun it's super cool uh, or Kyle if you're is not great. 
if you're yeah. not drive to the Somerset area to go to the museum. <laughs> this is true. Or if you're a hardcore walker, walk yeah. there, man. Like you or if do, you're, do what you got to do. If you're Forrest Gump, I was running to the Paranormal Museum. There you go, Kyle. There's another T-shirt. There's another t-shirt. I was <laughs> running to the Paranormal, to the paranormal Museum. museum. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Josh, before we get to our last segment of the night, um, I wanted to just remind everyone uh, to check out all the other podcasts that we've got going on fearscapemedia.com uh, check out Mistress of the Dark uh, you know uh, Memories of Kane, Ghosts in the Attic, Bodies in the Basement what a fantastic show all those can be found at fearscapemedia.com we are going to be opening up submissions again for podcasts to join the network so if you've got a show already that you think would fit um you know fit us it doesn't have to be spooky we've got one or two that aren't spooky um but send those to us uh, you know you can email us some information on that fearscape uh podcast at gmail.com or fearscape media at gmail.com either one of those and uh, we can get chatting see if it's right for us or if you got a podcast idea let us know uh we're very very interested yep. in expanding the network folks it's going to be a great 2022 is going to be a good year for escape media that's for sure um and uh just a reminder as well to uh go ahead and download the fearscape media network app from your google play store sorry apple folks uh get on a better phone and um yeah you can see where i stand on things um but no <laughs> check that out it's a great app it's a lot of fun uh all the shows are on there it's an absolute blast and uh, yeah, so uh, I guess we need to get to our last segment, Josh, which is Encounters from the Fearscape. Encounters from the Fearscape. All right. So this week we have a story, a true encounter that comes from a listener named Darlene. Uh, I do not know where Darlene is from, um, and uh, but uh, her story is a good one. So uh, put your ears on and uh, take a listen to Darlene's encounter from the Fearscape. I've been experiencing things in my house to the point I don't stay there anymore. I pay my bills, my property taxes, I keep the yard mowed, flowers watered, I sweep down cobwebs, etc. But I'm in and out. That's it. Uh, I bought the house six years ago, and as soon as I moved in, I could feel it. It didn't bother me, but I could feel it. So I completely remodeled by myself, by the way, the entire upstairs, and it still did not bother me. I mean, I loved my house. It was my own, and I worked so hard on it, even spending a small fortune to get it. Well, I recently started working on the downstairs, making it into a finished basement. It was coming together beautifully. And then I started getting a very bad feeling every time I went downstairs. During the night, I would see lights turning off and on. My cats started acting very strange, stranger than cats normally act. I started getting migraines and headaches and screaming nightmares. Smoke detectors would just randomly go off. Car alarms near my house would just go off all the time. Shadows were moving where there was no 
way there should be any shadow there. Doors were banging. Cats were being shut in rooms where they were not allowed, etc., etc. And then, as I was showing a friend the downstairs area, a dark, transparent ball about the size of a basketball fell from the ceiling and hit the floor and then vanished right in front of the both of us. And we both just stood there for a second and she says to me, what the hell was that? It wasn't a cat. Now, this scared me so much and this is the reason I don't go back there now. I'm staying with a friend. The other night, I was trying to get to sleep, and something kept pulling up my shirt and roughing up my hair and then blowing cold air into my ear. And I sat up and I yelled, God damn it, that is enough. And I started praying. I commanded it to leave me alone. The next day, I went back to my house and I did the same thing. Since then, it has not bothered me, Um, you know, especially where I am staying. But I do still feel it at my house. And that's why I'm never going to sleep there again. I installed this spirit box on my phone a couple days ago, and everything that I asked, the answer was correct. It freaked me out so badly that I uninstalled it. I just want to go home. I just want to feel normal again and love my house like I used to. But I don't know what to do. Mm. Yeah. I I don't know what to tell her to do. Um, yeah, I don't know either because it's like, I, I, you know, I don't know your spiritual preferences. I, I, I don't know yeah. things like that. I don't know where you're located, but if you're listening find some folks that yeah, do hit yep. hit us up submit the sighting you know hit up the paranormal help desk on on facebook.com see if there's someone in your area that can take a look and can help because obviously you know you felt something there but you felt okay and you love the house so you're putting good energy in the house but mm-hmm. something got disturbed in the basement yep and if you're listening uh you know uh, you're not really sure where to go uh for fear you know reach back out and we can put you in touch with some people so yeah uh, yeah it just it seems like to me like i said something uh something got disturbed in the basement and and it, yeah. you know if it's a spirit that is down there that is um an intelligent spirit m- you know maybe it didn't want to be found or it wants to be found i mean maybe there's yeah. I mean, I hate to say that out loud, but, you know, maybe something tragic happened there and it wants to be discovered. Um, I I don't know. Um, It it sounds scary and I hate that you have to go through that. Um, But we, you know, like I said, hit us up and uh, we can point you in the right direction. Some people that can probably help. So, um, but as usual, folks, send those to us, fearscapepodcast at gmail.com or submit a sighting or just hit us up on any of the uh, groups that we're in or any of our social media, send us your stories. We love them so much. And uh, we are here to believe you and uh, support you. And if you need help, just like we were saying, we we know some folks and we can see what we can do to, to find the right people to help you if you are uh, in need. So, yep. Um, yep. but anyways, Josh, we're gonna go ahead and get out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, we love you guys so much. Uh, again, 
check out Penny Royal Podcast, season one if you haven't already. Uh, season two drops in January. Penny Royal Podcast dot com uh check out their uh liminal lodge their patreon and of course check out ours while you happen to be there uh, <laughs> on patreon and uh you know support your paranormal folks you know we the content we got is because of you guys so yep. uh, but thank you again this is uh thank you for listening to fearscape paranormal podcast here on the fearscape media network this has been stefan and uh, just a reminder everyone keep your eyes to the skies This has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight. Things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support.